Oh, looks like it's uh, going and recording, so... Huh. How, how, how do you make an intro nowadays? <laughs> Especially one with a, one um, with a random just... person. <laughs> <laughs> well, just sort of bring up that it's your fifth episode. Uh, the topics that you'll be addressing, and then have an introduction, or have an introduction, and then we can talk about topics together and just start rolling. Yeah, why don't we add the uh, Pokemon theme song while we're at it? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that works, but uh, huh? If you guys are just tuning in right now. What car is what car is saying is pretty much what's happening now. This is episode five, and probably by the time you get this episode, it you probably got it late, just like episode four was late. So my apologies on that. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's all my bad. Oh yeah, shouts. Uh, I'm yeah. a pretty shitty editor. <laughs> It's okay. It's only internet problems, right? I mean, I've been suffering with internet problems. I live literally in the valley, so that's kind of uh, what I have to what I had to deal with for four months. But uh, for those guys who are hearing this random person, uh, that is Professor Carr. If you guys ever went to my Twitch or whatnot. Hey guys, I'm just a loser joining on Tony's podcast. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Jeez, you have to go that harsh. <laughs> a loser? I have, to, I have to remain humble, so I, just as long as I take the criticism from other people and roll with it, I'll be okay. I mean, you know, I think you're at this, I, I'm not going to lie, I think you're literally at that age where it's hard for me to take criticism, but you probably can take criticism better than, like, me or, like, literally a lot of people I know, so, you know. Humble, humbling or not, you know, it's still chill having you, regardless of the, what the outcome's probably going to be anyway. It's not like children. It's a pleasure be being here, man. I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, well, I don't know. It's it's out in the internet. You never know who we'll run across. I mean, I'm, make, I'm, pr I'm making sure children aren't technically listening in, although there were, like, people under 17 watch listening to my podcast, so... Who knows? Well, it's just the same thing with Twitch. You get on, you have it focused for adults, and then you have 10-year-olds come on and make literally. poop and pee jokes. Literally, literally. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're an adult. Okay, yeah, they're saying pretty much all the stuff we say, and then they just, then they do the thing they're not supposed to do. They say, oh, yeah, I'm 13 years old. Ban. I love it when they do that because it just makes it easy for me. Uh, I don't have right. to keep guessing. I can just ban him. Exactly. And then everyone's just like, wait, why it's is like, he banned for? And I'm just like, because uh, it's a mature stream and this kid is still in school. He reaches privilege aged, so it's just not allowed. Basically. Yeah. I mean, there are times where, like, you know, somebody would be, like, at a certain age and, listen, and watching this thing, and, like, I would sometimes give them a pass if, like, they, if, like, they reveal it to me later, I would, like, give them a pass if they're, like, pretty mature, but, like, still, it can get very touchy on that type of, 
on that type of rule set that people have. I mean, it's like the same thing with me. I got on Twitch when I was 14 years old. Oh yeah, that's right. You were like, you weren't even 18 when like you were hanging out with like everyone in the Sin Squad, I think. Oh yeah, no, I was growing up with you guys. I was genuinely getting on the Twitch, having my social life with people who were 20 years older than me. Yeah. I mean, working with I mean, adult. I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I spent time with Eric Denner and Super Nate Tastic. Um, I mean, even even Sinfully Riddling, Meg, she's closer to my age, but she's still a little bit older. I'm like, I think I think uh, I mentioned this before, but I'm thinking I'm like 15 days older than Meg, which still surprises me to this day. You guys have the same birthday month? Yeah, we do. It's it's weird. Like I would mention it to her a few times, and then later I find out. Uh, you know, uh, Becky or um, Callout Bex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was also like friends with Meg, and they also have birthdays. I think like five days closer to each other. I think, and like, oh. and sometimes, and yeah, sometimes when like you know, I'll sh like Bex will like share it and whatnot. I'm going. Holy crap, am I- I'm older than all of you? Like, what? <laughs> like, every time I'm online, I always feel like everyone is taller than me, older than me. They got careers built ahead of themselves. Well, most of them actually do have careers built ahead of themselves. I'm still kind of climbing a bit. Uh, careers aren't important. Just make yourself happy. That's what matters. Wise words of Professor Carr. But for sure <laughs> i've been doing the same thing for the last year i mean i i have not been able to work um and i've i've just been having to pick up a lot of the the pieces that have shattered about a year ago um i guess that's a long story but i don't know if you want to get into that yet um we, we could um no lie we could get into that i mean i did have some I did have some things I wanted to discuss. I mean, the fact is that uh, if you guys don't know, if you guys are not from Washington, or maybe you're not gamers yourselves, but there's this convention that's happening next week that I'm attending called uh, PAX West. And I won't lie, that is the first time Professor Carr and I actually met IRL. Yeah, we've only spent maybe three four hours around each other three four hours yeah about three to four hours like communicative pretty much because i've known you for about six years just on twitch practically and like Actually, i guess it's yeah. closer to seven which is crazy seven years seven years you were how old are you right now you're like 22 or 23 I'm 22. I just turned 22 a couple weeks ago. Man. Car, I mean, Car is finally able to go to the after parties with us, finally. You've <laughs> <laughs> waited so long. Waited so long. So, um, there's this, I remember this time where, like, um, where Eric Denner and I were going to a Daniel the Demon's uh, after party at PAX, and, like, we didn't know it was a 21-plus event. And yeah, you you joined the line with us, and luckily the uh, the people were cool about it, and like they obviously like 
rejected you, but like they didn't like like throw you out or thinking that we're sneaking you in. They're pretty considerate. It's not like they really advertised it being a 21 plus event. I just it's... thought it was anybody who would want to meet Daniel. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Daniel's usually like up and around most of the times. I mean, he's been coming to Washington for like the Pokemon Go Fests and whatnot, and he actually lives pretty close to Vancouver. Um, I almost said Vancouver, Washington. Like, he's like up in Portland. Like, he's like a three hour drive if you ever want to visit his VHS store. He has a VHS store? Oh, you didn't know that? I have not seen his streams in years. <laughs> Well, like, most of his streams, he's been, like, literally, he's been, like, literally in his, I think he and his girlfriend, I don't know if it's his, him and his girlfriend, but, uh, they both have been, like, living, I think, in this house that they also turned into a used, like, VHS store. Oh my gosh, that's a dream. Yeah, and, like, Daniel was, like... He was living, like, literally the retro restoration life that I kind of wanted to go for, which is why I got a job as a mechanic. But, like, he's been, like, demolding uh, cartridges and everything and, you know, storing everything, going to antique shops, buying very rare VHS tapes of horror or whatnot. And he just, he just, like, he just has a big collection now. And, and... I actually have not been to it yet, but I kind of want to because now that Pokemon Regionals are happening, so definitely is a definitely one-stop one shop to go to. I really respect that he's doing that. I feel like the last year with me setting new priorities and I've been minimalizing a lot. I sold my property and so now I'm in just a small space trying to build a new small home. Yeah, I've, I've really gotten into minimalism and just realizing how much junk is in America. For sure. There's too much. You know, I, I went to Guatemala in April. I built five homes and distributed, I think we distributed about 60, 50 wheelchairs. Okay. I was only gone a week. but But looking at the comparison from... Um, being in America and being in Guatemala, they are so resourceful and they try to hold on and make use of anything they grab their hands on. So it's just inc incredible their ingenuity and out of the box thinking. And it's it's like here in America, you know, we come across something we don't really like. So what do we do? We throw right it away. away literally i mean nowadays we're slowly moving into recycling we but take it to a goodwill and try to yeah. get somebody else basically uh speaking of goodwills i mean i've been going to them it's unbelievable oh. when i had to do dump running so much stuff to the garbage mm -hmm. i think you cut out are you breaking up a bit for me I'm kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm kind okay. of hearing breaking up from you as well. Uh, I mean, I live in the valley, so Starling could be screwing me over. Also, Discord. I mean, I could also, like, change my Discord settings or something like that. 
Let me go ahead and call you back if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. I want to change into my hotspot. It's it's a little more stable than my internet connection. Okay, that's fine. There you are. Still here? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. Uh, I can't hear you at all. Test, test. Am I still on? Still can't hear. Hold on, Tony. I'm still having trouble. Hear you? Yep, can you hear? Um, hello? You can you hear me? Am I breaking up on your end? Test, test, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. What's up? Is there something wrong I just you? got really crap, crappy internet. That's the problem. Oh, I mean, sometimes whenever I would, like, you know, listen to people on the Discord, I would always, um, some connections would kind of break off a little bit as well on my end, but... So far, it's just, I mean, so far it was pretty not bad, but somewhat breaking up. I couldn't really tell. It seemed like it, because there was a bit of a delay when I would talk. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I think I kind of feel that delay. Yeah, even, I, even switching to my hotspot, I can look at my connection and I have 961 ping 
Ouch. I'm still, I still have the record thing on. You want me to uh, stop recording or? No, let's just go ahead and pick up from where we are. It's it's easy to edit out. Yeah, we can do that. That's that's okay. All right, so Goodwill. What have you been hunting from Goodwill? Well, like. Whenever I would ha get the chance, I would always go to a Goodwill or Value Village, because like like you say, like you know, it's like the stuff that people just dump and have other people just make use out of it. But because most people are not really businessmen or they're not really like you know into engineering or collecting. Like whenever I go to a Goodwill, like either an outlet or just the regular Goodwill stores, I would look for like just like. I think, I guess I would say maybe four unique things. Uh, one would be retro games or any video games. Two would be nerd shit like plushies or some cool figures or whatnot. Next would be uh, workout equipment because you can find a lot of Wii Fit, uh, a lot of Wii Fit boards in those bins. Like I've once found like four in one Goodwill outlet. And then the last thing I would find... I think every time I've... Oh, I was going to mention, like, the last thing I was going to mention would be, uh... Shirts. Nice. Yeah, that's a good place to get clothing. I feel like I have had a lot of success going to Goodwills recently. Mm -hmm. You know the respawn Amazon chairs? The, those, like, very vanilla staple for gaming chairs yeah i i remember those chairs technically i picked one up from a goodwill for 30 dollars you lucky person <laughs> they're 240 bucks online i can't believe it i know like they're not cheap they say they're like, oh, this is like the best material out there, but they're just kind of just, you know, leather padding chairs, really. Yeah, they're really not that comfortable. I had to get a butt cushion for it. Yeah, I removed a lot of my cushions because I just wasn't a fan of them. I just liked it when it was just regular where I can just lay my head and also figure out a way to straighten myself. I need to go see a chiropractor. You got a bad back? Uh, my neck's always, like, hanging hanging forward most of the time. Oh, yeah, it takes a long time to straighten out and just get in a habit of keeping yourself in straighter posture because mm. I had been suffering for that for most of my life. As someone who's done a lot of competitive Pokemon, my posture is always changing. Every time I'm at an IRL event, whether it be a regional, Aeronauts, or just a premier challenge, most cases, I just, my body hunched forward, picking moves, then go back, but I'm still hunched forward. 
And it's hard with those kind of events where you're yeah. gonna be there for a while, so you sort of have to make yourself comfortable, but there's not actually any comfortable seating. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you just got it half-assed, and then it bothers you after time. <laughs> oh, for definitely. And most of those chairs, when going to those tournaments, like they're not really the best. Like they're just generic chairs you sit on when you enter a Magic the Gathering tournament, and they're kind of mad, not comfortable. But once you end up like streaming on, t once you end up on the streamer area for, uh, I guess, your match that's going to be put live on Twitch, um, they give you fancy chairs and everything, equipment, and it's like, and it's like finally something comfortable for once. <laughs> Yeah, but that takes a sponsorship. <laughs> sponsorships. Yeah, sponsorships that Pokemon doesn't like to admit they have. <laughs> exactly. For real. Huh, but, like, you know, anyway, on the terms of packs and also chairs, uh, do you remember those times? I don't know if you went... I don't know if you went to, like, the Mondays of that one packs, but, like, usually, like, every time it's a Monday... The people from Respawn, uh, DX Racer, or, like, any other chair company, they would legit, like, have people legit just walk out of the convention center with one of their chairs if you just want to buy, buy it off of them immediately. What? <laughs> like, you don't have to buy the full chair. You can just buy part of it. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I've never gotten to do that. I've only gone to PAX once. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, this happens, like, every and Monday. And actually... Because, like, normally, like, every Monday is, like, kind of a garage sale type of thing where people just want to get rid of stuff, so they either cut the price or they just give it to you. Oh, yeah. I, well, at that point, its value is taking up space. And yeah. space is incredibly valuable. Well, not really taking up space. It's more like uh, they don't want to ship everything back because that costs a lot. Well, exactly. They have, to, they have to get rid of their inventory. Otherwise, they're stuck with too much inventory. It's, it's too much of a hassle, so you've got to get rid of it as soon as possible. Well, yeah, technically. The inventory within the convention, of course. Yeah, I guess I get you on that one. I just meant trying to get that stuff back. I mean, they probably have room for it, like, back like back in their storage ware, but they don't want to mess with shipping prices to fly it back over, so. It's just another thing to worry about. It's fair. It's valid. I remember, like, once uh, when I was at uh, Retin City Retro, there, I, I think I mentioned I think I met, did mention this in one of my podcasts, but uh, um, there was this guy who uh, who sells indie games just straight off of like a USB drive, which I thought was actually kind of clever and like the right way to do it because not only you're giving the guy the game, you're also giving them a free USB. You're also giving them a USB drive as well on the side. And well, he was that. That and you don't have to go through the struggle of downloading it. It's just right. immediate access it's to immediate. A, a game. You, you know it. You know it. And um, and I was but and like the thing was ten bucks. I'm like, are right, you guys got PayPal or something? And then the guy and like it was the last day, so the guy just straight up goes, take it, just just take it. I'm like, are you sure? I mean, I could I could pay you back ten bucks or something. He's like, just take it. I'm like, 
Awesome. Cool. I... Yeah. Jeez. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and then at that moment, I just feel I really guilty. See why you. Uh... Yeah. That you have all this. You actually accept the gift. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For real. That's something that I really appreciate about the conventions lifestyle and the community that you've really become a part of is they're so accepting mm -hmm. and also it's it wasn't and they're they're oh, very yeah, welcoming and yeah and warming and it's just it's this very inviting environment it's great it really is mostly the smaller conventions most definitely and like also, like, it's not just small conventions, like, nerd conventions that would do it. It would also be local, like, music shows. Where, like, you know, if I wanted to buy someone's merch that, you know, they're out on tour, small tour, selling merch. Like, they would, like, I would be like, oh, shoot, I don't have Venmo, but I can pay probably PayPal you. And then they say, take it. But, like, they could always just take that inventory. But, like, the fact that, like, you know... They kind of knew you gave a shit about this band that they just figured, you know what, just take our merch. Just go for it. I'm like, awesome. I mean, at the same time, I feel That's bad. That's part of the reason why I like carrying yeah. cash. Yeah. It's understandable. That way with cash, you can just, like, force it on them. <laughs> right. There you go. I always keep forgetting about cash. Most of the times, I, wouldn't, I didn't really bother too much about cash because it was just too much for me to like have hassle and just dig through and whatnot. But like if uh Ryan had, Trey hadn't taught me something, it's like cash is definitely the way to go. It really has made a difference having a physical reminder of what's in front of you. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when you just set your bank account on auto, there's no management and there's no restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's like it's like giving limited unlimited access to somebody who doesn't know how to manage it or realizes the bigger picture. We can get so caught up with getting into stores or going into places that we spend a lot of money. I mean, look at a mall. That's exactly what it is. You have exactly. store after store to try and entice you and you collect as many products as possible. Practically. And I've, I've noticed with just having cash, it really is a hard limit. And it makes mm -hmm. you decide, not just for that trip, but for the whole month, what's the most important to you to get? Yeah. Wait, you're asking me what's important What's important for me to get? Well, it, what is the most important to you to get? What is the most important thing to get? Uh, drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Um... There's a there's a time and a place for that, but that is a valid answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I actually don't do drugs hilariously enough, but like, anyway, but like anyway, um, I think probably the most valued thing I think anyone would literally get when you go to practically any store falls around falls around like, I guess style, and not really a lot of utility. 
exactly the, uh, so much with social media and mm -hmm. just cultural norms now is putting up a facade or putting up a appearance value instead of noticing what's underneath that shell and a lot of people now with america it's like oh we want bigger and better why would we ever actually pay attention to our own personal problems and self-discover in a healthy manner that benefits me and other people when i can just do what i want practically i mean if life is an open world you might as well go and check everything out before you check out yourself exactly and i've noticed just in my experiences personally it is much less enjoyable that way Ah, for sure. I mean, you know, so you've that, been... That's, that's part of the reason why I've been spending the last year trying to understand myself more, just so I can understand everything else. Yeah. And um, I guess we could move on to this topic, technically, even though I had a list of topics to do in order. But honestly, I feel like this is the perfect time. Um, You've... I guess, I guess I'll put it bluntly, kind of, but... You've been through a lot of shit. Like, yeah, just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. That, okay. For those guys listening in, uh, Carr is being a little bit sar sarcastic. Uh, it's not a little from what he's told from what he's told me and what I've seen him go through as well. Like even seeing his even seeing your evolution on stream. Like at first, it'd just be like you know. Good old normal you, and then next thing you know, you got a tube up your nose, and then the next thing you know, you can finally take a picture of yourself outside. Like, like tell me a bit about I was, that. I was gonna ask. Yeah. I was gonna ask my community what they thought about that, because obviously, it my medical journey was so much on me, and I used Twitch as an escape to get away from the pain and trauma I was dealing with. Valid. but i never realized what that reflects on my viewers and my community i mean you've been around me for years and not just as me being a streamer but i was a viewer for way longer than i was a broadcaster you were weren't you also a mod in someone's stream oh i've been a moderator for a lot of channels because i oh, spent yeah, so right. much time on which yeah Oh, I, I was going to ask how how that's kind of been through your perspective, just even seeing the little that you've known of me, because we haven't talked a lot over the years, but we've spent yeah. a considerable amount of time together. Practically. I mean, how we first met was was through uh, Shouts to Meg Kaylee, uh, was through her streams when she was known as Sinfully Riddling. And that was kind of how we met and how we knew who everyone else was. Like, you know, Eric DeNerd, Supernatastic, Quesadilla. Um, I could probably go through a list of people that I've kind of met through Meg that were also streamers and content creators as well. That, you know, originally, like, you know, I started out as a streamer until I discovered Meg. And I just, I just had this weird vibe that I just kind of liked from Meg's stream like it just felt kind of it felt kind of like she sound she like kind of felt like one of those people I've met in high school that I've 
hung out with who's like not only the biggest nerd but also one of the most like creative people when it came to you know either it would be social agenda charity or whatnot i think some of the reason that i have problems with getting into partners channels now is with meg she was incredibly authentic with herself and anybody that came into her chat that's true but it if, with how it always does in twitch mm -hmm. and some people get away with it very well but it it's just not common to be able to pull that authenticity you lose it over time as more people are involved your time is distracted and you just can't uphold the relationships because we're not naturally meant to do that basically and so that's something i very much miss from twitch and that's why i spent so much time on twitch is with meg and her community and with you and with super natastic and with toff nebula and chesky plays and so many other people that I had the privilege of growing up with. Sorry, kind of speechless on that one. I didn't know how to follow that one up. <laughs> That's fair. I went, just was spewing a bunch, so I'm making yeah. it a difficult to have a conversation <laughs> rather than just me taking over the podcast so it's not your fault at all i mean i'll be real with you i feel like you have a lot to vent in like with like anything that you know like you know going through you know going through twitch and you know growing up with all of these people and then you notice some of these patterns that you see through a lot of people as they grow whether their channel grows whether the community grows whether you know, they also try something else. I mean, you know, I'll be real. I mean, I do miss the uh, Toys for Tots stuff that, you know, Meg would always do that a lot of us would come together for. But then, like, uh, you know, when we all ended up getting to know each other, we all, like, you know, we all also got inspired to stream ourselves in most cases. Well, I was streaming before, you know, I discovered Meg and you and everyone else. But, like, um, like you know, you started as a viewer. Like, what made you want to be a streamer? I felt that I was already investing so much time on Twitch and I I always felt a part of everybody else's community and that I got to walk into a chat room and I was welcomed and I already knew people. Everyone was already my friends and a lot of the people I talked to on Twitch for those years, they were my family. And so with me getting into more Twitch streaming and and I really like the technical side of things. With me being a moderator for all those years, I did a lot with bots. I did a lot with people's channels. And I was looking up videos and other things and giving, like, Super Nate-tastic just some advice. You know, he, he was going through film school, so obviously mm -hmm. I didn't have anything in my place as a young kid. But I, I was always seeking how to make myself better or how to uplift other people. And it just came to the point where it's like, you know, I I want to try broadcasting. I want to try getting the people that I've talked with for years in one place because I'm jumping between chat rooms. I would have seven streams, seven different tabs Man, open at the same time. 
Oh my god, I can't. And relate. then I would just jump back and forth. I'd I'd talk with the broadcaster. I'd talk with all, everybody in the chats. And I, a lot of the time, I was moderators in each one of those tabs. So I had to devote my days to that. Definitely, and like, I mean, like during those times as well. Like, you know, Twitch is your escape, and, you know, you are in your trailer a majority of the time. That's, I think that's what you, what was happening. You know, you're in your trailer majority of the time going through these streamers for escape, even within your health problems. I mean, you know, what, did you also have the health problems even before, uh, even, like, before you discovered Twitch? So I discovered Twitch in 2015. I think okay. it was in December because I, for the first time, I got on and saw Top Nebula. And I'm pretty sure he's the one who directed me to Meg. Okay. Um, no, actually, no, because after a few months, I saw her on the front page playing Bioshock. That is how I discovered her. That's how I also discovered her. So we we probably met her at the same time, and that's partially probably why we got along so well. I, I guess so. I mean, that's how everyone found Meg. Like back when uh, Twitch would always have these like partner promotions and whatnot. Um, you know, every week a partner would you know have the whole week to themselves on the front page, and then the next week, and then the next week they send it off to I guess whoever they want and. That's a partner, obviously, and, uh, yeah. And it's... It, it's really insane how, like, you know, how all of us kind of met through that one front-page interaction that I don't think any of us would have saw coming. And it's just so profound that so many people from all over the world with entirely different cultures, entirely different mindsets, lifestyles, can come together and we can just all be great friends. Twitch was an amazing place for me because it was just about positivity. It was about getting on and, and talking with who I considered to be some of my best friends and family. And that's why I invested so much time with them. How would you compare Twitch from back then during the Meg Sin Squad times to, I guess, now in like the 2020s during like COVID or I guess it could be semi-pre-COVID to COVID to post-COVID? It really feels like for the years that people have had their toes stepped on with Twitch, and I understand why for so many reasons. Obviously, they've always needed a terms of service, and over time, it's been added to. You know, they'll mm -hmm. update with music and with not being able to wear certain things, not having certain items in the background, or you can't talk about specific topics. It's mm -hmm. all understandable as they are a private company and they have that right yeah i would just say that twitch has changed much more into a corporation rather than a community site and that's where they've sort of lost me i guess i agree with that a lot actually i mean some of us still stick around and whatnot and, you know, even when, like, you know, there'll be, like, you know, some partnerships people will get, 
some folks would like you know not really focus too much on ad revenue as much but just still keep streaming anyway because you know the subs the donations and everything would just be coming in that you know you don't really need ad revenue even when they try to add it a few times and try to come up with good deals for everyone which you know have been a shit show and try to become adpocalypse like youtube all of a sudden well, and it was even before that for me, mm -hmm. when I was first affiliated for several months, I battled with the idea of actually monetizing my channel. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be an affiliate because with the way that Megan's chat was and with all of our chats back then, we didn't have bits. We didn't have subs. There was no affiliate we program. We were just all streamers. Yeah. And... And there wasn't a focus on money. It was a focus on the attention and, and the creativity. I think now to think about it, I guess I'll kind of vent over myself. But, like, I think, like, ever since, like, you know, affiliate program was becoming a thing, I always felt like I got a little too desperate in some cases. Or like I would always kind of get pissed off and jealous that people got their affiliates and I didn't get mine. And and luckily the community came together and tried to get me my affiliate. But like a year went by and I finally got it. And it was just like, because I, I was during the time my 3DS card malfunctioned and I couldn't stream Pokemon as much anymore as I used to. And my audience dropped and I was stuck with pretty much just a couple people that mostly just didn't give a shit but they ended up leaving anyway and i felt like my whole entire audience was mostly just pokemon fans rather than just chill people all together and it just kind of bugged me a lot in more cases and you know as twitch kind of went through the times of you know having bits you know people can sub and everything like i thought that would have been really cool to just i guess make some money and i guess as someone who was like in college and didn't really have much of a job and was struggling to find a job that would not only suit my needs like mentally and emotionally, but also, uh, you know, hopefully financially, but we didn't really know how, how much or like, you know, what the premise had to be. And at some point I kind of always felt like I, and I always felt like I get jealous when people just somehow, when like I'm doing the same, I'm doing my things just as much working hard as everyone else is doing and yet everyone else makes it to like stream teams or they get their affiliate and i'm just sitting here and sitting there biting dust all of a sudden and like it it just kind of i always feel like like you know now i look back at that i'm just like my god was i my god i think i think i was a real dick back in the day well, it, it's not entirely your fault because mm -hmm. with Amazon ha having bought Twitch, their corporate algorithm has designed you to think that way. Amazon has bought this company and now they're suiting it up so they can get all of their money back and a huge return. They spent so much money buying Twitch, so of course they have to push with a monetary agenda. I mean, monetary or not, I've always still felt like, you know, I still felt like kind of a dick in more cases, because, like, you know, you remember uh, Team Sin Squad? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Was I... Did, do you feel like I was kind of a dick 
or I felt like a dick when like you know Sin Squad would be would like you know when it was announced I would try to like you know take it seriously that I could and when I took it seriously I still was rejected and kind of the reaction people got when I was rejected I wanted to know like you know how I could improve myself people just kept like this one person like who was responsible for the messaging thing she just basically said well i don't know if it's she but someone who was running team sin squads twitter said to me um we need uh we would like to see more growth from you and i believe i was streaming for like three to four years from then and that's something that I've noticed a lot over the years is with you and being with so many other content creators, you guys have never been given the amount of attention I believe you deserve with the investment of time and with pushing yourself and with growing and setting, setting goals, setting ideals to make it on Twitch. You guys, uh, I mean, you, Super Natastic, Top Nebula, um, a lot of people, even, even Aaron the Nerd. I know a lot of people show up for his streams, but none of you guys have gotten the attention that your personalities deserve. And it seems like back when I first joined Twitch, as we were all starting out and we were all having our own personalities and our very creative broadcasting varieties that we got to develop what we wanted to do and the personalities we were putting out mm -hmm. and it, it just made so much more unique at this point with so many more streamers on twitch and with a lot of them just following the same cookie cutter new call of duty game shoot them with rdb stuff in the background with the logitech webcam it's all the same thing and it 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 muddles all the true talent that is on Twitch. I mean, I'm not really much of a trend follower myself. Like, everyone will be playing Skyrim, everyone will be playing Fortnite, everyone will be playing this and that, when I would just kind of play things that, like, you know, I personally like to play myself and enjoy whether it be practicing competitive or whatnot and like you on the other hand like you know you did a lot of that a lot of that variety stuff whether it be through your playthrough of bioshock or i don't know if you did skyrim i'm thinking you also did skyrim but you also did a few other things as well i did a lot of games i tried skyrim a little bit but mm -hmm. my problem with twitch was for a long time I honestly did not enjoy playing video games that much. You weren't really, you weren't really much of a gamer yourself, would you say? No, I I okay. only got a gaming computer in mm -hmm. 2016. Um I would say that I probably played less than 10 games before getting that PC in 2016. Mm, okay. I didn't grow up with video games. I was isolated on a farm. We maybe had electricity. And so 
a lot of the times it wasn't spent on video games. It would be spent on in the shop where I would, would work with my dad or we'd go out and we'd try to pick away at the farm and take care of the animals. We just never had time or even the energy for that sort of thing. And my parents were against video games, so I just didn't get that chance unless I visited one of my sisters. That's fair. And then when it came to when it came to actually playing video games uh, for Twitch and streaming, well, yes, I streamed several times a week. That was about that was about the only physical thing I could handle. With my migraine, I couldn't look at screens very long, and that's why I couldn't stream for more than an hour and a half at a time, or I had to stream for an hour, take a three-hour break, and then come back live, because I did want to stream more. I just could not physically handle it. Couldn't physically handle playing video games? Yeah, so with my... I guess I should go more into the background of this because this will be very confusing for most of your listeners, probably, and yeah, honestly, a lot of the people I've talked to over the years. I mean, I remember trying bringing it up to you, and then we kind of went on the tangent for uh, about Twitch, which is, you know, it's still cool, but, like, you know, I figured, like, we should kind of start from, like, you know, how how I guess this health problem kind of existed so I have a condition that is called Central Sensitization Syndrome, CSS in short. Okay. And for me to have been able to rehabilitate from all my disabilities, I had to go through a three-week, or no, actually for me it was a four-week mm. pain rehabilitation clinic program at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Yeah, I remember uh, you would DM me about the train you had to take to get there with your sister yeah yeah so that was the only way i'm able to live mm -hmm. i was able to go to that program and train my functioning and my self-control to the point where i can keep going but i still suffer from the pain today and the only reason I got to that program is because of my fiance. Oh, she was the one who suggested it. Yeah. I don't think I knew your I don't think I knew your friend back then, I'm not sure. I didn't really talk about her. She would sometimes come on Twitch, but we didn't talk much in those years. Okay. I met her in 2018, I think. Maybe it was late 2017. Okay. Was it like a program or was it like online friends or something? So just to give a little bit perspective of the two of us, with us having, we both have the same exact condition. Oh, Okay. We have CSS, and we are two out of six people in the country diagnosed with CSS. Wow. And I'm actually the first male di diagnosed with the case, and that's why I was filmed for a documentary at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Is that documentary still... 
is that documentary like out or whatnot that people can watch? They haven't given me an update of whether they've released it to the public, but they said they were going to use it within the program to help anybody else who goes through the program. So they'll throw it, like, maybe on, like, an instructor's video or something when people show up? Basically, and that's what a lot of the program is, is going through a lot of the science and a lot of the physical practices to make yourself healthy again you have to put yourself into a healthy identity saying that i am a normal person i do not deal with pain and i can control my pain and it's with forming a new identity it reinforces in your brain and it actually gives you more control interesting I mean, it's an real. extremely it's an extremely convoluted program yeah and I would be happy to actually send you the video of central sensitization syndrome that Mayo Clinic has put out. They have new they have two videos and they're about 30 minutes long. Jeez. But they go in depth about my condition and they didn't consider it a real condition until after I left the clinic. It was about 2 weeks later that they weren't just blaming it on fibromyalgia or just labeling it as chronic pain they finally brought up a diagnosis to our problems mm. okay and so with that program um i was able to get out of having a See, it's been six years. It's been six years now that I've had my migraine. Mm -hmm. And when I went through the program in 2019, they were able to get me functioning again. They got me out of a wheelchair. They nice. pulled off my welding goggles. They pulled off my earbuds and my earmuffs. Did they yank, did they yank the tubes forcefully out of your nose? They didn't forcefully pull it out. But I know, I was just they kidding. will do that if if you need to. Jeez, like um, they so I was there for three weeks where the program is normally three weeks long. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the three weeks, they said to me that, you know, you're the first person we've had that will leave with a feeding tube, and we really don't want to break that record. Would you stay another week? And I said, yes, because I didn't want a feeding tube anymore. I wanted to be normal. I didn't want to spend another year only drinking tea and chewing mm -hmm. gum. I mean, I mean, if you guys are so, I mean, here's, a, I mean, here's the funny part. Uh, there are still clips of you with your feeding tube on Twitch. Oh, yeah. And even some of my emotes, you know, I don't try to. Yeah. push it away as that past never happened it's just being able to acknowledge it and go move forward evolution it's just exactly. evolution like exactly. you know i enjoy like you know whenever i see those emotes and with you with the tube and whatnot like you know i always i always think of like you know car i mean i knew like before you had the tube up your nose like 
like, you know, you would always have, like, you always be in, like, a very dark room, like, you would kind of have a cam, and then eventually you kind of move with some lighting, but with a feeding tube as well. And, you know, you would still be able to interact, but obviously you wouldn't be able to stream very long, just as usual. And the fact that now you can, like, kind of function without it and be able to walk outside, like, you know... Because I remember, like, you know, you said before that you had issues trying to play video games beforehand when you tried to stream on Twitch. But, like, what would you say now, now that, like, you know, you, you did the therapy, you got everything over with, like, um, how would you say you are, how would you say you, okay, how am I supposed to, okay, this is going to be hard to answer this, to ask this question in a verbal sense. But how would you say your there's a term for this, there's a term for this. Um, I get okay, I, how's like your attention span when playing video games compared to, you know, before you went to Minnesota? Oh, my attention span is so much better, but it wasn't necessarily a mental issue for me back then it was almost always a physical issue that impeded my mental state yeah so like you know your mental state wasn't really affected as much but like your physical state is technically the thing that does affect your mental state when trying to exactly. play exactly so mm -hmm. while i still had depression and anxiety and no self-worth and guilt all the time developed from disabilities and not being able to take care of myself most of it derived from having physical issues so with my migraine through the last few years it started out with in 2016 on february 12th i woke up and my migraine was there just showed up it just showed up, and it has not gone away for a single second the last six years. I have had a nonstop migraine, not multiple migraines. One big-ass migraine. One big-ass migraine, yeah. Um, there were only a couple times before that date that in high school, I would go to the nurse and say that I couldn't see through peripheral vision, that all of my peripheral vision was blinded. Yeah. And so that happened a couple times. I'd go home, and then I fell asleep. And mm -hmm. the last time that that vision issue came up, I woke up with a migraine. Jeez. And throughout the last six years with migraine, primarily 20, 2016 to 2019, so there was, a, there was a solid three and a half years where I was completely disabled. And I was not able to look at anything. I could not even look at white paper because the intensity of white was too hard on my eyes. So sensory overloads were pretty common for you, I assume. Oh, oh yeah, that was my main issue. With the CSS, what it is is that your fight or flight response is turned up 180 percent a hundred percent of the time Jeez. 
And so like for my fiance and I, while we have the same condition, we have almost opposite symptoms. But it's that our nervous system is sent into override. So I all, we both constantly deal with nerve pain just 100% of the time in everything we do, but we have to manage it so we can keep functioning. We keep going day to day to day. It's a conquering system that's developed in our daily habits. It's a lot for real. And, um, you know, where you're at now, I mean, you know, you know, from going from, well, I know I, I'm probably gonna, I'm trying to see if I can metaphorically, like, like, I don't know, put up like, you know, you got from like, from like rags to riches, but it's like, um, it's like sick, it's like sick migraine can only stream for like 45 minutes on Twitch to, to the fact you can actually like game for like, I don't know, a solid like five hours plus if you ever wanted to. The ability to actually go to a fridge, grab a bottle, and just drink out of it. And also be able to eat and whatnot. And then now, like, you know, you're in very healthy, good health condition. That uh, It's a completely different way of life. I've had to find how to be a human when I'm... 21 22 years old but like cause... now you're but like now you're about to get married very soon as well yeah and i would say a lot of it from dealing with my disabilities has mm -hmm. forced a very adult outlook at a very young age because i was self-isolated i only had myself i was stuck with myself, I was stuck in pain, I didn't get to go to high school. I had to drop out three quarters into my freshman year. I mean, well, well, it might be touchy subject about, you know, talking about, you know, how you got there when you mentioned that you've had a, had a father and mother at the time, but then here you are by yourself at like before 18. Yeah, and that's that's going to be a very long conversation, and yeah. honestly, it's something I still battle with. So we, I, I, I at one point would it. like to, I would like to share my story at some point, but for now, it's still difficult for me to be able to bring it up in a very public setting without being mentally prepared. You know, we can always talk uh, without the podcast on if you ever want. But yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, you've told me like you know what happened and whatnot, and you know I won't pressure and to explain what really happened and everything. But like you know, having to go from be like you know having to just deal with like you know dealing with everything by yourself at such a young age and having to literally mature all by yourself. And fig and pretty much a become the adult in child form at that point, because like I'll be real with you, I I I couldn't even do any of the stuff you were doing when you were growing up, like seventeen to eighteen. Like you were built, you were like literally remodeling your trailer by yourself, making it a studio, learning woodworking, everything based off the skills that you learned from back then. And you know, I feel like 
I kind of wish I myself was kind of taught like that. I mean, I did have some opportunity, but like when you when the first when you first intro when not you excuse me <laughs> when my parents introduced me to gaming that was kind of an addiction for me it was hard to like do other things as well because most of the time I would I would always be sent up to my room regardless of the situation and like I wouldn't really get a chance to learn or be able to do anything kind of active because most of the times they either wouldn't let me or just didn't give me a chance because I was young and there is always a way to break out of any cycle that has been developed before you are capable of transforming who you want to be and what you want to do it is possible i've it is. had i've had to do the same thing and i came from a place where i had essentially no knowledge i had no social life i did not have a family i had almost nothing and i was homeless for a good amount of time and so it it was such a struggle not just dealing with the with the fact of abandonment with everything that i possibly knew to the point where i i deemed myself inhuman because i did not fit in with anything in this world i couldn't fit in with people i couldn't fit in in physical environments i couldn't even understand myself physically mentally or emotionally and it took a lot of training it took a lot of perseverance and unlearning what i had to deal with just to keep going today i mean this last year when i've brought up that i've done a lot of self-discovery and a lot of it I haven't been around on Twitch and that sort of thing. I, I haven't kept up with all of the people that matter to me from the internet, and you're one of them. I, I, haven't, I haven't caught up because I've finally gotten a chance to concentrate on myself in a healthy setting and just completely... I say... I, I'm going to say that I completely step back, but I can't because... Obviously, I love kind, to pressure myself by doing too much. I guess we could say, like, you're technically stepping forward, but at the same time, you're just taking two steps back to take eight more steps forward, pretty much. And it's being aware of what steps to take next. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. But, like, we should probably, like, go back for a sec. Like, what... Like... The last time we ever spoke, it was, like, before you're taking, like, a year off to actually just find this self-discovery. I think what we should probably be focusing on at this point is, like, you know, like, I kind of want to know, like, you know, what what steps kind of went into this self-discovery. Like, how, like, what, what did you do within that self-discovery? Like, did you do any research? Did you take any classes? I mean, I know she went on some trips with your, uh fiance a few times and uh you also got a job as a as a radio as a radio technician which is kind of the reason why you offered to edit my podcast which is you know kind of nice of you but like you know what 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 were like the steps you took to kind of during that one year of hiatus that you gave yourself it's 
a lot of things. It's a lot of things that I don't think I'll have time to list on this podcast, but I'm <laughs> absolutely happy to share with people because I believe it will help anybody who's open to changing themselves. Um, for I mean, me, the last the last year alone, I had to figure out what made me happy. What sparked it? What sparked you to question yourself on what what should make you happy? I will go into more details at some point, but last year I had an extremely traumatic family matter that completely unraveled my life. About a year ago, I was with my fiance. We moved to Bellingham, just north of Seattle, okay. and I was doing construction about 16 to 18 hours, uh, five to six days a week. Damn. And so I I was just working all the time. I would be commuting from Ferndale, which is about 50 minutes of Bellingham, um, north of Bellingham, go all the way down to Seattle, work for about 12 hours, then pop all the way back up. You could be a millionaire by now if you're dealing with all that construction every day of the week. That's what roped me in. I was making so much money, and it was the best money I had ever gotten. And so... My focus go. was to expend my body to create a financial net for my fiance and I, because I never wanted to go back to what I had dealt with. And I felt that having no self-worth was the only way to get out of that, because that's what my father had. That's what he did. And... I you know I don't know if I want to talk too much about his history online. Um, You'll have to if you don't want to. But he, my father, in the short run, was the most important, most important person and most in influential person in my life. He died of cancer, and he was a nuclear engineer for the country with the lowest badge number for about 43 years. That's dangerous stuff. Yeah. And a so a lot of the reason I have not talked about my family history or even wanted to bring up any kind of family matters on Twitch is because not only is there a lot of emotional damage, there's a lot that my family kept hidden and had to keep secret. And with me being on the internet, I was scared to release anything. That uh, A lot of times my dad couldn't even travel outside of the state, outside of the country, without being escorted. Jesus. Um, and so there, there, you know, there's a lot with that history, but I mean, that can it, be, we can always save that for like, you know, another podcast or whatnot. If you ever wanted to jump back on here or make a podcast yourself, I mean, like you, like, I guess I can official, I, and probably a bunch of other people on Twitch 
could literally cumulatively agree that you've been through a lot of shit. Whether it be positive, negative, or just something that would literally come out of Heartbreak High for all I care. And like, for real, I mean, you know, hearing this out of you, and like hearing a little bit more about like, you know, the fact that you're reflecting. I remember like a couple of things you told me. I'm not going to say to it on the podcast just for your sake, but like... But, like, you know, there were some other issues that you've told me about family matters and such that, you know, that you've had to, like, you know, stay off the internet for a while because of that. And, I mean, now I guess I kind of understand, I guess, I guess maybe what you're kind of thinking. And, uh, you know, like, you know, props to you, dude. Like, seriously. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't share all of it, but that, that's fine. But, like, the fact that, you know, at least, you know... You know, but like, you know, the, I don't know why I'm kind of about to, my brain is like literally trying to make me say, I'm glad you're venting here. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, this is a podcast. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's just one of those things that mm-hmm. I really admire about your podcast. The morning that I heard about your podcast before I even knew you had a podcast because of my hiatus from like Discord and Twitch yeah. and everything. I was thinking myself as I was doing dishes in the morning, I said, I really want to do a podcast. There you go. And then I DJ was saying, hey, when's your new podcast episode going out? And I whipped over to my phone and went, he has a podcast? Yeah, it just... It just that's kinda, when I asked to yeah. be a guest. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, the podcast just kind of came to me because it was kind of like self-reflection for myself and also a bit of closure to, you know, who may be listening and whatnot. And, you know, I myself have had like a lot of issues within my past that, you know, when I was at the age of 21, when I found out I was autistic or well, I was diagnosed autistic. I didn't know I was diagnosed autistic until I was 21. I was diagnosed when I was 11, but I didn't really know until like 10 years later that it was actually oh, wow. because I was autistic. I mean, they didn't really keep the secret from me. They they kind of mentioned it a few times, but I didn't understand. And then I did some research, oh, okay. and then I was like, oh, this is why everyone is talking to me like this, interacting with me like this. And communicating with me like this and that's probably why i haven't been invited to a lot of parties and i would get ghosted a lot by people when it be text messages text messages or whatnot very commonly and when i looked at it i was like if this is actually really the case then fuck society altogether well while that is partially true you do have to come to the realization that we think about ourselves and how other people think of us way more than anybody else does. We always think about ourselves. We always put our place into other people's minds when that's not really true. Things aren't always as complicated and in far depth as but, we think. Try but, but. There are, there are experiences that way. You're right. Hold up a sec. Hold up a sec. Here's the thing, like no, 
what you're going through, like, you know, I, I understand, like, you know, I always, like, try to keep an open mind as I go, but this here, this particular thing, I actually texted people, and I asked them if they knew, and when they said yes, I wanted to flip a table, because and... they, because here's the thing, they knew, they knew before, but rather than, like, you know, treat me like you know kind of like as a regular person they instead they just kind of treated me as this special ed kid that's just like walking around a private school and like you know they and like you know i was always put put in as the quiet kid yet i've known these people in private school since like pre-k or so forth and at some point, I did try to interact with them, and I did try to communicate, and I did try to, you know, join with groups and such as I can. But then, like, I would get people that would literally tell me, like, you know, uh, you know, we're family, not you. And then next thing you know, every year, I would kind of push myself away from people and kind of focus on myself. And as I focus on myself, more or less... The more lonely I start to feel, and the more, and then later I would try to, you know, maybe reach out again, try again or something, and then when I get nothing, it then just kind of confer, and then just kind of frustrates me a bit. Like, okay, I've known these people for so long. Why, why are they, why don't they like, you know, maybe want to hang out or not? Okay, maybe they're busy. Maybe it's other stuff. And then I check, and then you know, they're not busy. They just don't want to do, they just don't want to do anything, or they're with other people all of a sudden. And then the next thing I know, when I found out I'm autistic, it just kind of answers the question, why I'm not, why people don't prefer to communicate with me as much as I used to. And, like, it, I got nothing wrong with my diagnosis. Because, like, cause like, you know, autism isn't a bad thing altogether. But when I try to ask people or explain why it's like this, because it also shifted my perspective on my family as well and why they treat me like this as well. And it kind of answers the question answers the question of why I am so by myself majority of the time. And like at the same time I kind of accepted it, but at the same time I kind of felt pissed that all because of this neuro neurologic neurodiverse neurodiverse trait would just kind of change people's perspectives on me and I'd feel more like a threat than more like a friend because I mean back then yeah those people I mean some tried to I guess recon reconcile and you know they knew and they kind of knew how pissed I was at that and they kind of tried to you know reconcile with that and you know a school tried to reconcile with me on that but I told them the damage was done at that point and then now when i look at it now like you know i meet people from soba twitch and whatnot and whenever i meet and when i met people from twitch and i told them that i was autistic i get the same reaction i get like literally kind of the some dumbfounded reaction of you don't look autistic rather than just people just being understanding and knowing that like you know because i have this trait i'm kind of you know I want to be treated normally, but I want to, you know, be acknowledged that, you know, I may take things a little bit differently, and that's okay. Like, no judgment or anything. And 
altogether, like, you know, just how people interacted with me at the time, like, you know, there were people that were understanding and, you know, still treat me just normally. You know, they, they don't have to mention autism or anything. They just got to treat, treat me normally as long as they know, like, my limits, and that's totally fine. And, you know, at that point, I had to self-teach myself how to communicate, how to re-communicate, how to do everything. And at some point, every time, like, I get ignored from, like, back in high school or junior high, I feel like I would lose my verbal sense to communicate. Even though I would try to bring that back. And I can understand that to a degree. I, my dad was autistic, and I've, I've actually spent a lot of time helping kids with autism with down syndrome and getting to understand their side of things while also i i'll had a question yeah did somebody really say that you don't look autistic yes i i know i know who from twitch and i talked with you about her i won't say her name out loud But uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, that is heartbreaking. I'm sorry that you had to hear that, and I'm sorry that you've had such a struggle with your, with your autism. You know, there's such a stigmatism, and well, I think that there is a lack of the pursuit of knowledge from people to understand not just mental illnesses, but to understand genetic disorders well like here's the thing i'm not mad that i'm autistic you know it's not it wasn't it's not like a complete struggle with just hinder it's not just like a struggle with like full-on hinders like you know i can still do daily things that i can but like my brain kind of processes a little bit differently and sometimes it's it is useful. a very Some, different reality it is a different reality and like you know it's not a struggle altogether it's just a struggle to get to have to i guess i guess it is kind of a struggle if we're talking like in terms of trying to get society to understand more than just the neuro the neurological disorder itself definitely hey i don't mean mm-hmm. to cut us short oh yeah um, for but sure. i will have to head out somewhat soon oh yeah I, yeah they're yeah, you messaged me about that. It's all, it's all cool. Um, I will yeah. say one more thing in response to what you've gone on about. Um, I think that you should retitle your series to Therapy with Tony. <laughs> featuring <laughs> Professor Carr. <laughs> the oh therapist. Oh my god. <laughs> at, least it's, at least we're ending on a happy note at least. <laughs> like i'm i'm proud of you man i am i'm i'm really glad you're proud of me i'm proud of you dude you're somehow alive like like if you got like if i went through the same shit you went through oh my god i don't think i would survive for real like what the way that i look at it through my perspective is i have had a lot of issues that a lot of people deal with it's just been condensed into a much smaller and sooner timeline for sure 
And, and so um, with all the lessons yeah. that I've accumulated, all of the pain and trauma that I've, I'm, I am continuing to learn from, it will only make me more successful gaining from that pain now than I would be going and spending half of my life making mis the same mistakes and never improving myself and never seeking to improve those around me. Yeah, for sure. Not gonna lie. I feel like next I feel like maybe another time we should definitely come back come back to this topic. So I feel like we could discuss a lot for real. I think there could be several days worth. That might be a problem. For real. <laughs> here, why don't, here, you can just do this. Like if you ever wanted to start your podcast, we can like literally just make this we can like you can have like a main podcast session with like literally just nothing but episodes of this type of thing. I mean, it could work. But we'll jump back into the gaming side of things so we don't depress yeah. people too much. Yeah, for right, for real, for real. I mean, my last episode was all fun and stuff, and then now going back to real seriousness. <laughs> with, like, like, I was expecting... Like, it has to be a balance. There has to be some sort of balance, I know. Like, I always would try to throw gaming in one section and then throw real reality in another section that kind of compares it to some of those aspects that I've seen within the game, within not just like the gaming world in of itself, but also the society in gaming altogether. Controversial and, opinion. Thanos yeah. was not the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> he had it right. <laughs> he was just giant and purple and it freaked people out. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. He's like one. an eggplant with a chin, and it's just disturbing. No one wants to agree with that. <laughs> oh, boy. That is something I can definitely uh, see right there. All right, well, it looks like uh, we're running out of time. Presser Carr has got to do some things, folks. But, uh, yeah, um, are you still, are you thinking about coming back to streaming, or... I do at some point, but okay. I have a lot of time to settle before I try to do that again. But right. it is on my mind, and I do miss it. Okay, so, so uh, you know, we're both on Twitch. If you ever want to check out Carr, uh, go to uh, twitch.tv forward slash Professor Carr or Professor underscore Carr. Let's restart Thank you. that. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to, let's restart that. Um, if you ever want to go check out professor Carr, check out his streams and social media a lot of his stuff is i believe professor underscore Carr, and twitch would be uh twitch.tv forward slash professor underscore car we don't know when he's gonna be live and i do say we because he doesn't know himself which is all cool exactly <laughs> <laughs> just keep your notifications up and whatnot and uh yeah yeah, just go check him out on his other socials as well if you find it. You'll probably find it through his Twitch channel, hopefully. And uh, with that, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just call it good here. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have It's been a back. pleasure being on the podcast, man. I, I really appreciate it. And just even catching up to you person to person, not just on the podcast, but... Having a call alone is great. You're yeah. a fantastic personality, and I've always appreciated your company. <laughs> uh, flattering, flattering. I, I, I try. I, I try. But, 
Like, you know, I'm a pretty big listener when it comes to a lot of people's stories. So, you know, I'm glad you're able to get your stuff out that you can throw out. And, you know, hopefully we can get a little bit more in-depth maybe some other day or whatnot. But, yeah, I I do have my title. I do have everything set. And uh, I, will you be editing this podcast? Uh, possibly. Probably not. But why don't you just send it to me and I'll see if I can pick at it. Okay, yeah, sure thing. Uh, it's either your, it's either you edit or I edit. It's totally up. To, it's totally fine either way. But yeah, but yeah, the let's, but yeah, take care, folks, and uh, I'll see you guys on the flip side, hopefully.